Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the Ricky Henderson uh, podcast, the greatest of all podcasts. This is uh, <laughs> podcast number 68. Uh, yeah. Just like the year that the A's came to Oakland, uh, my name is uh, my name is Hal Gordon, and uh, uh, my co-host and uh, a founder of the podcast, Alex Espinosa. What's going he, on? He yeah. al- he allowed me to to do the intro on this one. Let's and, do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, joining us we have uh, Ed Reese, uh, and then Ed Reese, you're gonna have to help me with your last name, man. I've just realized <laughs> right now that I've never said it, and I'm like, oops. <laughs> Al, give me an A. A! <laughs> and an R, a G, H, an A, and, and an R, G, H, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Ed Reese is, uh, is uh, one of the co founders and co owners of the, uh, the Oakland Roots uh, soccer team. Uh, he is coming to us live from the old, I can see it's the old Raiders uh, uh, yeah. training, training facility mm-hmm. and uh, not down near the airport. And so, uh, so Ed Reese, you're you're a uh, you're a co-owner of a professional sports team in Oakland. So my first question is: is uh, you know what what fast fashion uh, store did your dad found, and how many billions of dollars did you uh, did you <laughs> inherit from him? Oh man, uh, quite the quite the opposite of that, actually. Um, yeah, and that's part of the the story. How that makes everything just so interesting, at least from my perspective. And I'll say even more, um, it's humbling from my my perspective. Um, you know, just for for folks that don't know the story, you know, I'm a first generation Afghan American. I was born in Oakland. Um, my family came from Afghanistan uh, due to the Soviet invasion. They're refugees. Uh, Oakland, the Bay Area was home to them. It was uh, safety. It was happiness. It was hope. Um, and man, you know, the first sporting experience I've ever had in my life, the first sporting experience outside of Afghanistan my dad ever had was actually an Oakland athletics game. And this is, I mean, it's, it's ingrained in our, in our blood and in our history and um, Oakland has been home and it, it just means so much, you know? And so to be now on the side of, um, of the front office, to be a, a co-founder of a club, um, you know, heading up the marketing division, I just, I, I pinch myself every day. It's humbling. I don't take the position for granted at all. And I will say like tremendous responsibility comes along with that uh, being you know, someone that was born in Oakland, raised in the Bay Area my whole life, I understand the frustration that comes along with being from here, especially being a sports fan. And so I really, from the jump, along with my co-founders, really made an effort to develop a concept that leaned into purpose, leaned into the name, you know, told ourselves, yes, it's okay to say Oakland first always is our hashtag. It comes along with scrutiny it comes along with a lot of hard work and expectation but that is a reality we're you know willing to live up to and that's who we are as Oaklanders and that's who we are as people that are you know just trying to develop a concept that's different in sports and luckily how as you know Alex as you know uh, sports can't really exist without a proper funding base and 
we are really thrilled to even have approached that process differently with over 60, now 70 plus investors involved in this organization. This is not a singular individual. This is 70 plus people of which the makeup is mostly comprised of people from the Bay Area and want to see a purpose-oriented organization thrive specifically for Oakwood. Um, when we pitch people to come in uh, into the club, whether you're an employee, a player, or an investor, it always leads with Oakland and us giving back to the community. And um, I'll say, man, and y'all know it best, like Oakland will hold you accountable if you're not living up to those expectations, you know? And so uh, <laughs> the work, the work does the work and we're very honored and privileged to have the right folks in the right places to push hard and be present every day. So um, it's a blessing, bro. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. Well, I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, carrier like crossover too, right? Like a lot of the drummers, a lot of their diehard fans are also mm. A's fans too, right? Like, do you feel like there's, there is that kind of, you know, similar culture that you guys share? Like, obviously it's changing yeah. now with the dynamics of the A's, but it's like so strong with you guys right now, the way everything's going. Yeah. Great question, Alex. I actually like was watching, you know, the Warriors the other night and I was watching other baseball teams and I had this like, light bulb go off in my head about ace fans specifically i think they're some of the most unique fans in the entire world baseball doesn't have fans like that right like you don't get drums banging you don't get the the incredible energy that oakland brings anywhere else in the world we experience this with the warriors at roracle you know the a's at the kali it's just different out here man the fab you know the fabric of who we are is different and so uh, I will say too that like soccer uh, fandom and the experience is very similar to what you would experience yeah. at a Raiders game or at a Warriors yeah, game or sure. at a soccer game. There's a, it's loud noises, it's banging of drums, it's waving of flags, and so to bring that culture to Oakland through roots and soul, I think wasn't a unfamiliar concept for Oakland fans, and they were able to adhere to what we wanted to develop in our game day experience very well because they're already doing it. And that is the thing. It's like, we're not here to reinvent the wheel. We're here to do what Oakland is best known for and to embody that and encapsulate it and take that to the world. And so I, I absolutely love, you know, seeing the 68s crossover. I love, you know, the the new supporters groups that have risen up um, at our games. It's just been really uh, a fun thing to watch. Yeah, for you know, I would I would probably you know of our of our few hundred listeners, I would probably guess that about you know half of them have been to you know at least one Roots game. You know, love the Roots, uh, know a lot about them. I would bet that another half of them sort of know that you guys exist, but have never been out to a game, uh, and mm. sort of only know the uh, the um, the 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 silent corporate uh, hate emanating from the, the A's uh, uh, yeah. uh, front office and, uh, and don't know about the awesome community that you guys are building uh, at roots games. Can you, can you just tell us like, you know, the story or, you mm. know, give us a short abridged story of how the roots came to be and, and, you know, and what you guys stand for. Cause you know, I know it becomes super evident when you're at a game that you guys stand for yeah. Oakland, that you guys stand for more than just a, a sports team. But, but I'd love to hear the story of that. Yeah. Thanks Hal. Um, you all got to stop me because this is like, I love this with everything in me. So I'll, I'll go on and on, but um, 
Hey, look, we're, we've always had soccer be uh, something that people in Oakland love and enjoy, right? Every time we had a Liga Mekis club, whether it was, the, you know, Chiba as a Club America come and play out of the Kali, we would sell out 30, 40, 50,000 people. So the concept of soccer in Oakland and the greater East Bay area is not a, a new concept. This is, it's been here. It's always been here. Um, you know, Oakland is one of the most diverse cities in the world and the world sport is soccer, right? So that commonality exists. Um, we asked the question early on in, you know, it's a co-founding group of five, six individuals, combination of people that have born and raised, been born and raised in Oakland or assimilated and have spent five, seven plus years here and have built their families here. Um, and we all kind of got to the table and asked the question, like, why, why not professional soccer in Oakland? And furthermore, take it a step further, why hasn't it existed in a way that impacts the community positively? And we've seen models of this in Europe, right, where European clubs are truly community-based. They grow out of the pubs themselves, right? There is no team if there are no supporters. We've seen this concept exist elsewhere, but in America, it's just it's just a little different, right? And so we kind of flipped the model and said, you know, we are Oakland roots. We are Oakland first always. Knowing where you come from helps you know where you're going. We assembled a community advisory board of, you know, 13 to 16 very amazing stakeholders in Oakland that provided ongoing feedback over the course of three, four years on the concept of what a pro soccer team looks like in Oakland. Right. When, and when was this? Like yeah. what, what, what years I see like what a year. Yeah. yeah. 2016, 17 is when okay. the, the concept really started to percolate yeah. and become a reality in the real world. Um, you know, we held a session at cliff bar to, field suggestions from the community. And I remember being up there and it was just like a complete pummeling of, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And we took that information and, you know, <laughs> adapted and, you know, we, we didn't know what we didn't know. And I look at a 33 year old first generation Afghan American. I'm, this is my first rodeo y'all. Like I'm, I'm still learning and experiencing things as we go, but I care and we all care. And I think that's an important part of the process. We, Launched the brand with the help of Oaklandish and um, our merchandising. Dude, I, I love the brand. brand. The brand is sick, dude. <laughs> Thanks, the brand dude. is so it's, cool, man. It's, it's so really, cool. Really it's cool. so sick. Thank I you. mean, it is Thank so you guys. sick. Like everything, like the color scheme, the all the, the all mosaic. the gear. My yeah. my mom. Uh, so I I I you know I have a. I'm not wearing it right now, but I have the, one of the black uh, zip you know uh, hoodies with the with the the mm -hmm. colors, the rainbow colors, you know, which is also the Bart line on it uh and i I visited my my mom in maryland and she's like i don't know who that is or what that is but i want one of those and now she <laughs> yeah, has a rich yeah. sweatshirt in, yeah, yeah. In, in rural maryland well you know people ask me was that by design or was it by accident i'll tell you a hundred percent it was by uh, by design we wanted people to be very proud of oakland we wanted them to rock the gear and feel like the idea of diversity, inclusivity, the arts, humanities is something that as long as you can subscribe to and appreciate, you're an Oakland fan, right? And this is why we have been able to harness such amazing momentum globally with the brand and identities because it, it's not about just being from Oakland. It's about respecting the arts, respecting humanities, respecting our culture and protecting that. And as long as you're 
you know, a supporter of that. You're an Oakland fan, right? And so we started with that. We started uh, with the concept of being a sports team or sports club, not just a soccer team. Um, sport is so much more than just what happens in the, in the, in the four borders of where you play. It's how you operate in the real world. It's the assumptions people have of your brand and identity. It's so many touch points. And this is the lesson I teach people a lot when I talk about brand. It's not just a logo on a shirt. We are trying to influence culture. And the only way you can do that is if you ensure that your work in the real world matches the assumptions. And, you know, that's when you start to really see culture be influenced. And I think our bullish mentality of that early on led to some of the early success. And that success led us to find investors and the investors then helped us feed the idea. And then our first game ever was August 31st, um, 2019 happened to be my, my 30th birthday. And I remember, you know, driving to the game thinking, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> One. And like, and I don't even know how many people are even going to show up. Like we didn't have any sophisticated ticketing <laughs> mechanisms. You guys, like I'm talking, we barely had three or four employees. I was calling people on the ticketing hotlines. I was cleaning up the bleachers at Laney. I, I mean, there was just answering emails. I mean, we did everything to make sure that game can be put off and, um, I said, hey, if 100 people show up, I'm happy. That means 100 people appreciate what we're trying to do. And you guys, 6,000, 7,000 people flooded through the gates. And it was quite possibly one of the best moments of my life behind getting married to my wife. Um, <laughs> one of the best, best moments of my life. And um, honestly, from there, the community has just been absolutely amazing and supporting us and not been easy you know you go through a lot of different things as an entrepreneur and as a as a young business you go through things like a pandemic in your first uh operating season and you have to figure things out you know and then you know you you acquire the usl license and you move up a division and that comes with added responsibility responsibility and expectations and you know we the lack of having uh, infrastructure in the East Bay area that we have access to was a tremendous challenge in 2021 where, you know, our players had to drive all the way to Las Pesitas College in Livermore to train because it was the only grass pitch we could safely provide them during the pandemic. And so, I mean, it was, it was quite the journey and it's still happening. I, every day I'm turning around looking for like a Netflix or HBO because this, this stuff could be filmed and it would be absolutely amazing. So. Dude, I want to do it all or nothing on you guys. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be amazing. I just need For to hire sure. a camera crew, get a few million dollars together, and let's do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you guys can figure it out, holler at me because I'm ready to go. <laughs> but but this is well, this is a huge weekend for you guys. You know, it's uh, you know the Oakland Soul. I want to talk about uh, this weekend, and you know, I just kind of spread the word. I went like the double event. You guys got a double header: the Oakland Soul, the women's soccer team is debuting i uh, just want to let people know kind of what's going on where they can go the shuttles yeah. like it's got shuttles from lake merritt bart uh yeah. yeah yeah great great questions alex i appreciate you plugging soul it's our heart and, and joy it's our heart and soul um and <laughs> look we we actually in the early st stages wanted to launch with the women's team that was our initial discussion point you know is, is to lean into that but there was no you know, pathway for us to actually fuel the team at that moment in time. And so 
now that it has become a possibility, um, I'm telling you, the organization is buzzing. It's added a complete, like, different element of joy and uniqueness to our front office, to our technical team. And we're just so grateful that that soul exists. It's the first game ever at home this Saturday. Uh, it'll be a doubleheader in celebration with Oakland Roots. 5 p.m. kickoff for Seoul, 8 p.m. kickoff for Roots. And um, it's just going to be a, a good time. And I think Cal mentioned this about our game days. You know, it, so much of it, yes, is about soccer. We want to win. That's a big part of our identity. We've never not made the playoffs in our history. I just want to state that. We are a winning organization <laughs> and we will be as we progress, but it's so much more than that, you know, winning off the field and bringing joy to people's lives. I mean, how I look, I've told you this over and over, but like the halftime hot dog toss, like, <laughs> thank you, my guy. Like I'm telling you, man, we, I'm getting chills. I, I, I watch a video of just how happy people are when Hal pulls up and does that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like that is, that is irreplaceable utility you're adding to people's lives. And and it's memorable and people will never forget it. So thank you for bringing that to our game day, bro. It means the world. You know, we want more of that type of energy. Um, yeah, and being at East Bay is obviously new for us and we're, we're learning. Um, but the past two games, it's felt like we've finally gotten to a, a really nice flow. And, you know, we're packing it out. It's It's means we can welcome more people. Um, Laney's capacity was a little inhibited. And now we're, we're able to open up the doors a little bit more. Um, we heard from our fans that transportation was a key issue, loud and clear. And uh, we have six shuttles running back and forth from Lake Merritt, Bart Station to CSU East Bay on the day of. Hopefully people take advantage of that and um, see that it's useful. And we'll start to deploy that every match if, if people really think it's uh, a useful tool. So that's awesome. I have to say, so, you know, uh, uh, Roots fans will know that there was a lot of uh, uh, drama uh, about uh, not playing at Laney, but ending up at Cal State East Bay this this season. But I have to say, uh, while it is a little bit a little bit farther, a little bit, you know, not right off the BART, but uh, it is a gorgeous place the view is amazing i I was there at sunset like when it was going down last time and like the view is crazy man it is absolutely yeah yeah. it is such i wish it was the view of oakland but (laughs) (laughs) the view is it's absolutely gorgeous but yeah i mean i mean you know this is temporary uh but you know if you haven't been out to cal state east bay to see a roots game you know uh the parking's, uh, you know, the parking's plentiful. It's super easy, and they're gonna have uh, these shuttles. And it is, it is such, it is such it's a gorgeous, Bay area man. gorgeous place to to, yeah. to just hang out. So, Absolutely. so I want to I want to ask you this. Uh, uh, there, there's been uh, there's been a lot of stuff filed that uh, you guys are gonna go for a temporary stadium, so mm-hmm. you can have a place to call call it your own while you find. You know, while you while you spend the time required to find like a permanent place, but when this is uh, this is in the Malibu uh, lot, which I'm which I'm uh, well aware of, I've I've parked in the yeah. Malibu lot a bunch because sometimes yeah. it'll be, uh, employee <laughs> employee parking for the costume. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but um, when when in uh, when do you uh, guys hope to have that mm. temporary stadium up and 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 what is that going to be like? Yeah, man. I mean, it's everything for us at the moment. So I just love to say that, like, 
Cal State East Bay has been an absolute amazing place for us to call home. Yeah. Without them, I mean, we wouldn't have a season. So I just want to put that out there that like having the ability to play this year is absolutely fantastic and we're appreciative of East Bay. But it's very clear that we are Oakland first always and our intention is to be back in Oakland at some point in time. Um, a few weeks back, we announced that we submitted officially a proposal to the city and the county um, to for a 10-year lease at the Malibu lot. This would give Oakland Roots, Oakland Soul, and Project 510 the ability to have a home, um, un, you know, not have the complexities that we've faced in the past two, three years with venues and the changeover and whatnot, um, and would allow our organization to scale and to welcome more people to the stadium. And the most important thing is that it activates Deep East Oakland in a way that, quite frankly, hasn't been done, and that's through soccer. And at the moment, you know, the Coliseum tends to feel empty from time to time, and (laughs) that bums me out. That bums me out. You know, I want to see activity. I want to see the Deep East Oakland community activated there. I don't want to make, you know, I don't want the Coliseum to feel closed off to the wider community there, right? There's a large community that we got to reach and we got to touch and soccer can be that vehicle for the next 10 years. And so we're actively working with um, the parties involved on the Coliseum lot because it's a very complicated place, right? City, the county, AESCG has uh, the ENA on the city's half, A's, I believe, on the county's half. And so we want to be respectful of all the parties that are operating in that space. The Malibu lot is adjacent, and we think that it would be a great spot to occupy and um, be at while still not impacting anyone's plans on the Coliseum lot. And also keeping in mind that there are multiple events that happen on the Coliseum lot. We would never triple book or triple schedule mm-hmm. to ensure that everyone is is happy. You know, there's there's um, viable parking for whoever wants to come to the Coliseum whenever. And so we're working through those complexities. Um, we feel pretty good about the direction that we're headed in. Um, you know, we're building those relationships. We're having positive conversations. And I think here for us in the next several months, we'd like to have clarity on on the future at Malibu so that we can have a pathway for a interim stadium at home in Oakland by 2025. And a lot needs to happen to get that in motion and make it a reality. Um, but, you know, we feel good that, you know, Oakland wants us to be there. Um, and so do several of the folks involved in the Coliseum um, property. So, you know, it's just more of that now and, and it takes a lot of work and, in due diligence, but we feel pretty good. Well, I know, I know that uh, Oakland wants you to be there. And from, you know, if you attend any games, you'll know that you guys want to be in Oakland too. So that's, uh, well, yeah, that's, a, what I was, good. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is there any hope that, uh, cause it was like a field situation, right? Was it like the turf didn't, um, didn't grab to the ground at Laney? Was that the issue? And then is there, is there any hope that you guys could, uh, you know, figure that out for the season and, or is it more next season is uh, more realistic? Do you guys know? Yeah. Great question. So we, we didn't expect what we were going to face. You know, we had a plan to be at Laney college. And we, we love that venue despite the complexities of space 
you know, East 10th Street and shutting that down every game, the cost of rolling down a pitch every single game, we chose that. So it wasn't that we somehow ended up there. We knew Laney was an iconic venue. We knew it was in the heart of downtown. It was right there, literally on the border. Of East Dude, East I love Oakland. that place. It's, right? yeah, it's, it's great. a beautiful yeah. venue, right transportation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was everything. That's, it, it made the, the magic f- that created the brand and identity in the first two, three years. And it's a bummer that, it, you know, the, the new installation of the turf field, we thought would work well with our field, but there was just not enough information and not enough clarity on what this new field was actually going to be. And when we got there, um, there was not enough time um, to find a solution. And that was the week of this, um, this you know, the, the home opener. It was two days prior to the home opener. Yep. We, were, we were given access to the facility. And when we laid down the turf, there was a 20 so when we first laid it out it it looked great it felt great we had high confidence this is thursday friday comes around and um or i'm sorry this was friday friday evening late friday evening comes around and you know the morning of like saturday the field is just like sunken into the pitch and it's like pillows right so we're given access thursday we lay down the field friday saturday morning we get there and the field is just like dilapidated because the, the turf pellets and whatnot in the Laney pitch were just not settled and or evenly spread out. So our oh. field was just kind of like patchy, uh, yeah. you know, leading to the decision that led led to that morning. Um, and the past several weeks, we've been working on solution. And the solution, unfortunately, isn't that we can just lay it out. It would require us to bring an entirely new surface on top of the fit, the pitch and then lay hours on top of that new surface, which is a not only a time-consuming thing, but a very, very expensive thing. Yeah. Exactly, which <laughs> which is just leads our game day to be unviable. You know, yeah. it it would put the organization at massive risk. It would it would just not be a fruitful solution. And so mm-hmm. we're we're really excited about looking into solutions for the future. And I think there, there are potential solutions at Laney. There are solutions elsewhere in Oakland. And so we're actively, um, for the rest of the season, making sure that we, we have a plan in place for 24 and hopefully our, our own stadium at the calling 25. Yeah, hell yeah. Let me let me ask you one last thing. I know you got to, you know, I know you got to get going, but what is, you know, I've heard a lot uh, about, you know, you're, that uh, the roots and the soul are not just, soccer teams but they're uh you know they're community organizations uh they're parts of the community um what what's been your most proud moment uh of being uh you know of being there of being a roots uh co-founder like off mm. off of the pitch like off the pitch what's what's been your proudest yeah moment? oh my gosh uh, i would say two things i think our our commitment to building an anti-racism curriculum that is now being adopted by some of the biggest clubs across the nation, if not the world. During the pandemic, when we were experiencing the injustices in the world, the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and more, um, we, we decided that we needed to be um, a vehicle for that change. And, you know, 
Mike, our chief purpose officer, one of our co-founders, several others in our club, we spent time building out what is considered the anti-racist project that Common Goal is backing and is providing education and resources to other teams to create a more inclusive front office, more inclusive playing um, makeup, um, and to change the way we think about diversity in the game. It's been a highly suburbanized sport in America, and yeah. it's time to give it back to um, the people. You know, and and you look at every other country in the world. You know, this is a a common person sport. Yeah. But in America, it is the adverse, and so we we led that process. That is a a thing that exists in the real world. It's amazing. I, I'm also proud of the fact that you know we have three black men in positions of coaching, of which probably five to seven exist in soccer in the United States, and you know, the makeup of our front office and the makeup of our investor group, like continues to think along the lines of bringing more people to the table and being an inclusive organization. Right. So I'd say that for me is huge. Um, you know, we go back to this, you guys, like I'm a first generation Afghan American. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be, you know, C-level executive, you know, co-founder, all this jazz, like it just doesn't happen in -hmm. the real world. And so that the fact that it's happening I'm like, oh, you better fucking damn make sure that I'm going to, you know, <laughs> you know, bring other folks to the mix. Right. And, oh, and yeah. make sure we stay the way we are, which is is different. So I'd say that and we've done the same on the play proud side. So it's a campaign we've launched with Common Goal as well to bring in our LGBTQ plus community at our game days um, to make them feel like this is a home for them as well and, and be advocates for that um, globally. So. Those two for me are, are really, really big things that I'm really, really proud of. And it permeates through every action that we have in our club today. So, Dude, thank you so much for the time, man. I'm sure you're a busy, man. I, thanks for uh, giving us 30 minutes of your time, man. That was really great to learn about everything and meet you. Really? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be out of town this Saturday, but I'll be at games for sure, dude. Yeah, I'll be out for there. Sure, I'll, I'll introduce myself. It was myself. really good to meet yeah. you. you too. Yeah, it was really good to meet you. I'm excited to meet you in person, bro. Yeah, yeah if anyone out there who isn't, uh, you know, who's listening or watching who hasn't been to a Roots game, come on out this Saturday. You you get to, yes. two for the price of one. Two for the price of one. <laughs> yeah, uh, for it's sure. Be, my, my wife is so excited to go to the Soul game. She's very pumped it's about gonna it. It's going to be great. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. It's it's a – I think we will break the division, the USL division record for attendance this weekend. And oh, wow. we'll put we'll put Oakland on the map again, you know, in a in a positive light. And um, so I'm excited. Come on out and um, support women's soccer in the Bay Area, women's soccer in Oakland specifically. And um, you know, I appreciate you guys and the time. It means a lot. Yeah, and thank you and so much for everything yeah. you've done for Oakland. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Doing my best, man. Doing my best. And we're just yeah. getting started. So. That's right. For That's sure. Right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, see you. Thanks, you guys. All right, thanks Peace. a lot, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Later. All right, thanks again to Edris for that interview. That was a great look into uh, the Roots and what they're all about. Again, they're playing on Saturday, 5 o'clock, the Oakland Soul, first ever game at Cal State East Bay, and then the Oakland Roots are at 8 o'clock, doubleheader. They're trying to set attendance records. But, uh, yeah, me and Hal are going to chop it up for a minute. I do want to talk a little bit about the A's. It's been a couple of weeks since we uh, really just even mentioned what's kind of going on. And, 
<laughs> you know, they are a baseball team. <laughs> That's true. They currently are a baseball team called the Oakland A's. So. They uh, technically are still competing. Or I don't know. Competing is strong. They are playing in the Major League Baseball. but yeah, they're, um, they're auditing. They're yeah. auditing Major League Baseball. They're not taking it for a grade. Yeah, they're they're the last team in the single digit club. They are eight and thirty, uh, with a two eleven, two eleven win percentage. But uh, yeah, they just got swept out of the Bronx. Um, see, this is why we don't really talk about the team too much. But uh, Wait, tell yeah. me, tell me the the two uh, bright spots of the team, Alex. Dude, okay, Jordan Diaz uh, yeah. just hit three dingers in a game. Gotta love yeah. it. New Oakland's coming in. Uh, J.J. Blade has been really good since he got called up uh, last week. Putting J.J. Blade is the guy that we traded um, uh, the pitcher. Puck, uh, for Puck. Puck, yeah, Puck yeah, for. Okay. Puck in Miami, okay. yeah. So uh, Brent Rooker and Esteri Ruiz, Carlos Perez, they're still killing it. Um, so there's like the offense is actually – Honestly, this is a exciting can be an exciting lineup to watch, but it's just the pitching is just historically bad. That you know we're thirty eight games in and ERA still seven point four three. That's usually something. It's like after like four or five games, it's like that. But now we're we're thirty eight games deep. Um, yeah. Usually at forty games, people kind of figure out what's going on, and then yeah, I know, they, they did win their first series. I think we figured out a while yeah. ago. I think it was like yeah, probably game two or game three. You know, but yeah. uh. I mean, they, they did they win did their win first series. series. They yeah. won their first series in Kansas City. But, um, I mean, that, and also some other kind of bad news is Mason Miller, the guy, hundred, you know, throwing 100. Yeah. He's to the IL with four, uh, forearm tightness. So, that's not good. Yeah. We'll see. You know. That, that was the guy they brought up, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, the guy that got brought up uh, quickly. So, hopefully he's all right. But uh, we'll yeah. we'll have to see. But that's just the quick ease right back there. down. Yeah. So uh, I'll do the quick update on the stadium situation. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks like, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, the A's are certainly not, it's not the, the coronation, I think, that we all had expected it to be <laughs> in Las Vegas so far. So it, it appears that they've switched from the site that uh, that Dave Cavill said was perfect for the most important things to him, which was uh, ease of egress, ingress and egress and having being able to build a baseball village. Instead, yeah. they're switching to the Tropicana. Uh, it appears that the reason is, is that they can do it for cheaper because they're already anticipating that they can't get yeah. all of the money that they wanted out of Nevada. So they're going for four hundred million in public money instead, instead of five hundred. Although it, it seems like maybe they'll also they're also going to need like a hundred million dollars to create a traffic situation. At the, I, the 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 you know I've stayed at the New York New York Hotel there a long time ago, but that that was that's a busy intersection, right? Yeah, there. it's like the beginning of the strip. It's like the, it's the beginning. It's kinda, of, yeah, it's, it's, kinda, it's sort of you, the right the bottom at tail end there. And I think all the airport traffic drives right. Back. <laughs> I think it's like literally how the airport gets there. It's like uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of traffic, but it's like it's also a nine acre lot, which is pretty small. I saw I've, I've seen you've been tweeting about that, like, yeah, like tar Target Fields on a small lot, but this is even smaller, right? Like, yeah, maybe it's just a half an acre larger, but uh, tar Target Field also ha has its butt hanging over uh, over the train tracks. So it 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 gets some free acreage. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, what does this mean? I think that I think it means that, you know, that there's some pushback, you know, I don't. Do I think that there's going to be enough pushback for this to fail? I, I doubt it, but you know, I think that they're still probably going to end up there, but, but it's, there's, I think that uh, there's still a little bit of hope there. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, 
if uh, if this means that J- that John Fisher, you know, gets a hundred million dollars less in the public's money, that makes me happy at least, you know. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I wonder. I mean, it's just funny because I feel like uh, the whole until this recent Vegas announcement, the the narrative out of Vegas is, oh, they already gave seven fifty to the Raiders. We're not interested in public money, so I don't I don't understand why all of a sudden. The A's are declaring that they want to go there so bad. Like, how does that really change Nevada's thinking? You know, I don't know. Well, I think it doesn't sound like the A's are committing fully because they haven't. That binding deal clearly wasn't binding at the, you know, the the tropic, the original spot. So that's uh, right. I think that the arguments that the the A's are going to make is that they're going to bring in all these tourists. And uh, the other argument that they're going to make is that uh, all this money is it's just going to be a tax district. So they're going to say, oh, well. You know, this is just we're just going to be like basically stealing Clark County's sales tax that occurs in our stadium. You know, so it's not it's not sales tax money that, you know, you would have gotten anyway. So we're not you know, there's no new taxes being started. There's it's basically instead of new taxes, they're just repealing all the taxes on the A's and the A's get to keep that money. So like, OK, yeah, you know, and, and they just be not... conceding. They're just conceding like, OK, for you get all the tax on the concessions or whatever. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, it's obviously it hasn't been um, it hasn't been released yet. But that's my understanding is that okay. they'll just like any tax that's collected at the stadium will just basically go right back to the A's. Now, uh, they're going to say that this is, you know, you know, oh, well, you know, th- this isn't anybody's money because it would only exist with us. But, you know, if people like, you know, think about a Las Vegas resident who's going to go to the A's and spend a bunch of money there. Well, you know, they have a finite leisure budget, so they would have spent that money at a movie theater or, you know, or they would have spent that money at a uh, at a miniature golf or a casino or like Casey was casino. Casino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, you know, Clark County would have taxed that transaction but that transaction is not going to occur because well, it's like a double there. whammy it's like yeah. a... so 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 it is so you know it is it is true that i think i think it is true that they're going to say that clark County's not paying any money but clark county is paying money they are going to be paying money um uh, in order to bring the a's there and it's a hell of a lot of money and you know and there's like a just, legislative window too right isn't it like they only got like four weeks to do this yeah so so this could happen very quickly now in in the legislature because uh nevada is one of these weird states uh, a lot of states are like this where the 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 state legislature is not like a professional it's not like a full-time job so they only meet for 120 days every two years and that 120 days what? i think <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, Alex. It's insane. They're like making. They're making these like, five hundred. So, yeah, like they're oh making five hundred million dollar deals. Oh my god! What you know, am I doing? I gotta, I gotta quit this podcast and go be a Nevada politician, dude. <laughs> god damn. Well, they they don't get paid uh, that much. They don't get paid that much. Oh, I thought you were saying they get paid. Uh, no, okay. no, it's a part time job. Uh, uh, and and that's that's silly. That sh- they shouldn't be like that. Uh, it should be a full time job, but um. But what that means is that the the legislative term ends at the end of uh, at the end of uh, end of I think this month May or something or you know like the first week in June or something. So uh, you know they have to pass something really quickly, otherwise the governor is going to have to ask for a special session and call everyone back. So you know that 
what that means is, is I think the A's are going to try and get pe- the, the legislature to pass this really quick. And I think they're probably going to say, well, don't, don't worry about it. Just pass this. You know, it just authorizes us to do it. And then we'll, you know, we'll see if Clark County wants to do it or not. So, you know, it'll have to pass both, uh, both in, in, um, not in Reno, in Carson city, and then it'll have to pass in Las Vegas and in Clark County. So, you know, um, and it might be next, next week. So, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that's going. You know, I I don't think I have that much, you know, I still, I still think that they're in the 90 to 95% range of, of leaving. Damn, Um, really? I I feel like it's lower. I feel like, I mean, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't have any inside info, but I just, yeah, I mean, either, me neither, but me neither. But I, I think, I think Las Vegas is, uh, you know, has the, has the will to do it. Uh, they may not give the A's as much money as they want, but I think Rob Manfred will call up all of these uh, Clark County uh, executives and say, hey, guys, we have plans for the expansion teams. You know, it's it's either if you guys want an MLB team, this is your one and only chance. So, you know, yeah. I think that they will do that and uh, and and they will they'll uh, they'll fold. But but. Uh, but you know, there's still, there's still a chance. And I think that there'll be more and more opportunities, um, for ACE fans to make your voice heard. It might be going to Clark County, uh, or or not Clark, maybe going to Clark County later, but it might be going to Carson city and, uh, you know, next week or the, the week after and, uh, and, you know, trying to. Were you at the port meeting? Um, were you at the port meeting? Yeah, I was. So I was at the port meeting today. Well, I was on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the port meeting, uh, you know, the and I think that I was excited about that because I think that there's a good chance that you know people from the A's were on that call because they had to be there. They had to have at least a representative there, I think, for later in the meeting. Um, that was a closed part of the meeting, but um, but yeah. So the p- part of the port meeting there is that their exclusive negotiating agreement with uh, Howard Terminal is going to end at the on Friday at midnight. Uh, we knew that it was going to happen. You know, whatever. Um, but uh, but I think it was hopefully a, you know just another sort of uh, opportunity for A's fans to get on the call and sort of plead with whoever was on there from the A's to to come back to the negotiating table. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I, I would like to like be hearing more from the mayor. I don't think we're hearing anything from the mayor. You Jane know, Cow? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe they're talking again. I kind of doubt it, but, uh, but uh, you know, we haven't heard anything from her, so who knows. Um, same old limbo, dude. Same old, same lim- old limbo. Yeah, but we'll know more <laughs> soon. I think from Nevada, yeah. it, it is. It is. Uh, it's definitely not going well for them in Nevada. But I think that they'll, you know, they'll somehow stumble. It, it, yeah, yeah. They'll stumble their way, you know, into this because you know they're billionaires. So they'll probably billion- make some some other deal with the devil with somebody when else. You when know. you're a billionaire, you don't have to be good because you're already a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> all right, anyway, dude. Well, I'll see you. Actually, you know, I, I told Idris I can't, uh, but actually, I think I'm going to be back Saturday, so I think I'll be able to go. So maybe, yeah, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, right. I'll see you. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so come, come, say hi to us at the Roots game. Yeah, we'll be there. All, all right, right dude. see you guys. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.